are now watching the Health and Wellness Connection, broadcasting live on Afro Vibes TV. Hello, this is Dr. Barry here, and I want to thank you for joining us for another episode of the Health and Wellness Connection TV show. I want to just again thank you guys for sticking with us. You know, the transition to TV has been, you know, a little bit tricky, but we're figuring it out, you know, day by day as we, as we keep pushing. So I want to thank you guys for checking us out. Also, guys, don't forget, the show is also going to be uploaded in audio form on our podcast page. That's www.anchor.fm backslash HW Connection. Okay, again, that's www.anchor.fm backslash HW Connection. And again, I'm your host, Dr. Barry. Again, the host of the Health and Wellness Connection TV show again. And I just want to thank you guys, like I said, for joining with us. Now, today's show is going to be all about, you know, some of the hot topics in the health and wellness space that's been going on for the past few weeks. I know we've been offline for the past few weeks, some issues we have to figure out, but got those uh, figured, and we're going to hopefully get you some awesome content that you can enjoy and get some of the latest health and wellness news. So, of course, the first topic today, of course, is going to be about the uh, everyone's favorite virus, the coronavirus. Yes, it's still a thing, but we have good news, though. A lot of good things are moving forward, you know, on the virus front. Numbers are going down. Now, the deaths are still pretty high, unfortunately, here in the United States. We're losing almost 2,000-plus people a day to the virus. But we can say that with confidence that the numbers are heading in the right direction. Uh, we're seeing less people getting uh, new infections. And we'll go over that briefly. Now, as we stated before, uh, the USA is still the top country. We're averaging about 100,000 new infections per day. Uh, we're seeing a little bit still under about 2,000 deaths per day. And, you know, the United States, unfortunately, has lost nearly half a million people to the virus. And it's believed that this number will exceed half a million before this whole thing is over. So everyone stay, you know, focused, stay diligent as far as keeping abreast of the latest developments regarding the virus. Because the thing is still out here, still causing a lot of mayhem and, 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 and havoc, if you will. Number two country is India. India has about 154,000 people daily um, who, have, sorry, who have succumbed to the virus. Getting about a ten to 15,000 people a day getting diagnosed. So it's not a lot less than us, but still quite a bit. Number three is Brazil. Brazil is another country that's also had a lot of issues dealing with the virus and having some, a lot of skeptics in government initially. Now they're trying to come around, but there's still a lot of issues as far as getting control of the virus. As a result, they're still seeing a lot of people per day having new infections, averaging about 25,000 per day. And then we have a... Um, Total deaths is about 200,000, so Brazil number three still significantly being affected by this virus, the COVID-19. Four is Russia at about 18,000 new cases per day. They're still definitely getting a lot of uh, effect of this virus, a little over 400 people succumbing to the virus per day, so definitely a lot lower than us, but still significant numbers. And last but not least, the top five is the United Kingdom with about 20,000 plus new cases per day and about a little over 500 deaths per day. So. As you can see, the coronavirus is still causing quite a bit of chaos now. It is definitely improving. And this is the reason why there's a lot of hope as far as the overall outcome, as far as our ability to deal with this virus and kind of some of the long-term you know, uh, goals here. What we are seeing is that um, the vaccine has now been essentially approved across the globe in various nations, starting to roll out their vaccine programs, testing phases have been completed. Now this, they were abbreviated as many people point out, but they were done to a large enough uh, level to determine that, yes, these viruses are relatively safe, especially when compared to the actual virus infection itself. So that's the big comparison here. I mean, ultimately, 
there are some detractors as far as the vaccine and whether that needs to be given or whether that it's too early to be given. But when you have thousands dying per day, it's something that it's hard to wait too much longer, you know, as far as the research side. Now, that being said, if you are someone who, you know, maybe feels that you don't need the vaccine at this time, perhaps, you know, waiting is not the worst thing in the world. But, you know, with the actual numbers we're seeing already, it is showing that the vaccine has been very effective in preventing serious illness and serious complications. And that's kind of the best thing that we can actually hope for, given all things we know about this vaccine. Now, let's talk about the actual new vaccines themselves and what's going on. There's a new one that just got approved. Let's kind of break that down here. One second. We look at this, the vaccines as far as their effectiveness overall. The numbers are in their effectiveness as far as preventing severe illness and disease are some of the most promising aspects of the vaccine rollout as we see it. Now, if you look at the actual um, different vaccines, right, we have the Pfizer vaccine, which is the one that's been out now, at least here in the United States, uh, since about uh, last month. And you have um, other nations have got it sooner, actually, is how we're getting some of the more of the data we're seeing. For instance, uh, in Israel, they've had their Pfizer vaccine since about mid-December. And we've seen that they've done studies and now they've looked at numbers of folks who've gotten vaccinated and they've seen that the number of people who have severe illness as after getting the vaccine is less than 0.1%. This is in all populations getting the vaccine, not just the young people. So we can see that now, especially in the elderly population, this vaccine has shown some effectiveness in reducing those complications. We're seeing that in different populations. Israel, for instance, has over 4 million people vaccinated and they only have a total population about 9 million some odd people. So you know, um, we're seeing some very promising data as far as from those who have been vaccinated, but that's the Pfizer vaccine. So before we get into the details of the vaccines, right, we're going to talk about some of the differences between the different vaccines. So we can break that down as well. Now, Pfizer, we said before, must be kept at sub-zero temps. It's one of the big issues with it and why it's been complicated as far as storing it and getting around the country. Um, Pfizer is also an mRNA vaccine, which is the whole um, protein uh, DNA that actually tells the cells how to create new proteins. Now, that is one thing that's been new, and it's why there's been some controversy, because this is the first official rollout of an mRNA-based mRNA vaccine that we have seen on a wide scale. Now, these vaccines have been in scientific research for, you know, 10, almost 12 plus years, but this is one of the few vaccines that's really employed this on a publicly wide, widely available vaccine. So. Many firsts for this, and it's actually a very unique, uh, you know, kind of thing, and it's something that actually is a, more of an advancement, I would argue. Now, the Pfizer is a two-shot vaccine. They're spread out, you know, a few weeks apart. It's very important because both of these shots are important to get the immunity numbers that have been reported on this vaccine, which is some of the highest on record at 95%. The Pfizer vaccine is one of the most immunoresponsive vaccines we've, we've seen in uh, the public, publicly available um, vaccine space. Now, the Moderna vaccine is also similar to the fact in the Pfizer is that it is also an mRNA-based vaccine, meaning that it uses that same kind of messenger DNA protein that tells the cells how to create those proteins that the virus needs to be, that the body needs to recognize. It also needs to be kept cool, not as cool as the Pfizer, but still needs to be kept pretty cool. It is also a two-shot regimen. It also confers that very high 94% immunity after both shots have been given, typically 10 days after the second shot. So. The first shot is not as effective. Two shots gets that, that immunity rate up, which has been shown to be very effective, especially when preventing severe disease. 
Now, the third one is the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. This is actually fairly new and was just recently approved. Now, the good news about the Johnson & Johnson vaccine is that it is actually more of an old-school throwback-style vaccine, meaning that it has a killed or weakened version of a flu or a cold virus that's been kind of altered to have some of those proteins that we see on the COVID-19 so you can hopefully develop immunity as well. Now, the beauty of the Johnson & Johnson one is that it is a one-shot vaccine so you can do two shots as well but only one shot you know can be effective now the immunity confirming rate I mean those antibodies and so forth only 74 percent which is actually very good compared to most vaccines but compared to the Pfizer and Moderna a little bit lower so the beauty of also the Johnson Johnson is that it's cheaper as well so the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines can cost anywhere between 18 to 20 something dollars a shot uh, Johnson Johnson is about half that price about ten dollars a shot so a lot cheaper you know, definitely, um, you know, a little bit more of a kind of a traditional type vaccine and still relatively effective, especially for just one injection. So those three vaccines are kind of the big ones here in the United States. Now, there's other vaccines, other parts of the country, other makers coming online as well with their vaccines. So this picture is changing a very fluid situation. But the beauty of it is that, you know, these vaccines have been shown to have a significant effect in reducing severe illness and complication. That's really what we want more than anything else. One thing to catch a cold virus and to catch a COVID-19 infection, you, you lose your smell. Whole other thing to be in the ICU with double pneumonia, kidney failure, and everything else. So we have seen there's clear evidence now that these vaccines can reduce those risks. So this is the reason why the vaccine rollout, which is being done on many different fronts. We talked about this before, where um, the Biden administration is now doing their 100 shots in 100 days, where they're trying to get 100 million shots, sorry, in 100 days to Americans and try to get hopefully 300 million in 300 or by the end of the year 300 million vaccines produced and administered in arms and so that's something that the government has been working on and hopefully you know if we get those numbers achieved we can get back to our normal scheduled program <laughs> if you will so again that is the deal with the vaccine so now let's switch gears here slightly science scientific research shows that some of the actual new vaccines that have just come on the market are already showing signs of resistance uh, apparently, there's some new variants of the virus that have been discovered in various parts of the globe. Uh, and we know that there's one that was discovered in uh, the United Kingdom, and there's also there's another one that was discovered in South Africa. So it's been seen, shown that these variants, there's actually others discovered in other parts of the globe as well, but these two variants are unique because they've shown some disturbing things. They're actually showing some resistance to some of the new vaccines that have just been introduced, as well as you know, increased effectivity and is, you know, even showing signs of um, uh, increased contagiousness, if you will. So, for instance, the South African variant has actually shown to be a little less effective, sorry, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which was a test that was run to kind of see the effectiveness of some of these variants or some of these uh, vaccines in eliciting antibodies, was shown to be less effective in those patients who had been infected with the South African variant. This has actually raised clearly a lot of concern and has now shown scientists that these vaccines, while these initial uh, tests, uh, so these initial vaccines that have just come out have been kind of designed to be effective against the current strains of the COVID-19 virus that are out here, there's no guarantee that they're going to be effective for, you know, when these new mutations are coming out. And there's already evidence showing that these new mutations are a little bit more resistant to these vaccines than the previous generation of coronavirus. So again, scientists are going almost like in a foot race 
with these vaccines as far as keeping up ahead of their mutations. Now, this kind of phenomenon has been seen with the flu virus, something that scientists are aware of. So it's going to be interesting to see how effective these vaccines can remain as these virus uh, mutates. Hey guys, this is Dr. Barry here again for the second half of the Health and Wellness Connection TV show. So I want to talk to you today about something that I think is very important, especially given the time that we're in right now with COVID-19 and everything else. One thing we know about this entire, you know, coronavirus issue and why it's so damaging is because it causes a severe inflammatory response, okay? Meaning that your entire body is just like a big ball of, of inflammation, okay? This is why it's believed that it causes so much damage because it promotes inflammation, which then triggers many different issues, including blood clotting and you know, other issues like lung damage, kidney damage, all kinds of issues. So inflammation is a big component of how coronavirus does its thing. But as you who've been watching the show regularly, you know that we've been discussing inflammation and how it works and kind of why it's dangerous and why we need to kind of reduce that inflammatory response in our bodies to give ourselves a shot at better health. Now, of course, one of the best ways to do that is through your diet. Now, one thing that people who know me and people who kind of, you know, talked to me before, one thing I preach about extensively is the benefits of an anti-inflammatory diet. Why is it so beneficial? Because we know the inflammation, again, is one of the biggest things that we can help, that we, that we, we can do to ourselves that can cause problems. You know, inflammation has been linked with so many different ailments. First, you have your chronic ailments, of course, like irritable bowel syndrome and arthritis, you know, lupus, there's a lot of so many inflammatory based syndromes that commonly is known as autoimmune based disorders, meaning the body's immune system is being triggered, causing damage. But those processes are usually triggered by many different things and diet has believed to be part of that. So why diet is so important? Because food is what we consume every day, right? You're assuming, you're putting things into your body, those things are stimulating various reactions some of which promote inflammation. So it's critical that if you're someone who is suffering from an ailment that causes, that's due to severe inflammation, or you're someone that is trying to reduce your inflammation so that you can keep yourself from becoming increasingly at risk of getting various ailments, you wanna make sure your diet is compatible with a low inflammation situation. <laughs> I just rhymed, but uh, let's be serious though. But seriously, the inflammation is something you want to eliminate or try to reduce as much as possible. You do that through your diet. So, so what do you have to do then if you're someone who is looking to reduce your inflammation? What kind of things do you need to do? Well, the first thing is that inflammation is something you want to reduce because, like we said before, you want to reduce those risks of different ailments. Now, before we go into what you need to do, what ailments are we talking about as well? We know about COVID-19 and its inflammatory issues, but there's other things we know also, due to inflammation can cause problems, namely cancer, usually due to severe inflammation, causing unchecked issues, causing DNA to be changed, causing cells to become cancerous. So it's definitely part of that whole process. Same thing with heart disease. Heart disease is known to be due to inflammatory processes that are causing various obstructions to the blood flow to the heart, causing, again, heart damage and a heart attack. Strokes, same concept, as well as other ailments. So, you know, inflammation, the dangers of it cannot be stressed enough. All right, so what are the things that we know that if we eat can help reduce inflammation? Well, the key, everybody, 
antioxidants. This is really the big thing that we know that foods that contain these antioxidants can help reduce some of those inflammatory mediators that we know can cause damage in the body. Now, some of those foods that have been shown to be extremely helpful and beneficial include items that are, again, whole plant-based options, okay? You want high fiber, you want low carbohydrates, you know, you just want, you know, a lot of fruits and vegetables. So, you know, fruits and veggies are going to be a big one. You want to eat a lot of those, you know, green leafy veggies. Those can be so absolutely fantastic in helping reduce inflammation. Um, of course, you got my favorite and most, a lot of people's favorites, beans and legumes can be excellent as well. They're chocolate antioxidants, very rich in fiber as well. All of those can help reduce inflammation and help neutralize various inflammatory mediators in the body. Okay, now, herbs and spices are also very effective as well because a lot of these herbs like oregano, basil, um, you know, um, rosemary, they can all have a lot of antioxidants um, that can help neutralize some of these, again, cancer-causing toxins, toxins that promote inflammation, and other substances that are harmful to the body. So, you know, you got to eat, you know, a lot of these good items, you know, very important, you know, that you consume a lot of those, like I said, a lot of vegetables, lean proteins, fatty fish. Fatty fish are excellent because they have omega-3s, which is another very good anti-inflammatory um, antioxidant. So there's so many things you can consume. See right here that if you eat those, chances are inflammatory levels will decrease. Now, we know that you know, inflammation can also be triggered by certain dietary habits, right? And there's certain things that when you consume them can promote inflammation, okay? And like we said, inflammation is bad for the reasons we already stated. But certain things, namely fried fatty foods, those are big, you know, a big culprit in promoting inflammation. So if you like this deep fry this and deep fry that, chances are you're going to have some inflammation issues and other potential problems associated with that. Now, also you have processed foods. Highly processed foods includes items like, um, well, processing is a general term, but when we talk about processed uh, foods, things that have a lot of preservatives, a lot of... Um, other elements that are designed to keep it around longer. Like you have a snack bar that's designed to be on the shelf for three, four years, chances are it may have preserved in it that can promote inflammation. Um, you want to eat, get more natural foods, whole foods, fresh foods. All those things are known to have more antioxidants, more neutralizing agents than those other foods that are heavily processed and have a lot of preservatives, things like, you know, white bread, crackers, um, various processed cookies filled with sugar. Um, so you, you another thing too that's known to be a really bad inflammatory issue, sugar. That's, we talked about that extensively. Sugary drinks, sodas are some of the biggest proponents of inflammation in the body. That Coke is burning your tongue, but it's also inflaming your entire system. So, you know, you want to avoid those sugary drinks. Uh, if you do want to, you know, sweeten up some of your foods, avoid that, you know, processed granulated sugar you know, choose more natural options like natural honey or agave. Things that are, again, natural to the environment, you know, created naturally, you know, and, you know, are, in, in other words, things that are natural are going to be a lot better tolerated by your body, helping reduce inflammation and promote, you know, improved health and response time. So, processed foods, fried foods, you know, things like that are, are sugary foods, are notorious for causing inflammation which is something that, again, can be very, very, you know, bad if you're having conditions that are known to be associated with inflammation like COVID-19, cancer, and other conditions like that. 
So, you know, in a nutshell, you know, with, you know, inflammation, the diet is really important. You, you this can't be stressed enough how critical that if you're able to m reduce inflammation, you can improve your body's ability to fight various infections, including COVID-19, can help, again, fight against some of those cancer-causing issues that you may encounter in the environment. So, you know, drinking, I mean, consuming foods that are designed to reduce inflammation, you know, the importance cannot be stressed enough. You know, you also want to make sure you're getting your sleep. You know, you get six to eight hours a day. That helps reduce inflammation as well. Drinking adequate amounts of water. Again, women typically two to two and a half liters. Men should be about two and a half to three liters per day. All those measures can help reduce the inflammatory response in the body, which can overall improve your chance of improved health as well as boosting your immune system. So there's so many benefits, you know, it's hard to determine why anyone would be against that, but, you know, anti-inflammatory diets, you know, can be very effective in a lot of different ailments, can help promote weight loss, promote, um, you know, reduction in some of those damaging radicals that are known to be associated with cancer and other issues that, you know, we obviously don't want. So, again, consider an anti-inflammatory diet if you're someone who's looking to improve your health. And of course, just to summarize, in a nutshell, you want to be eating again a lot of fiber, a lot of vegetables. Fruits and vegetables are going to be a big deal of it. I always recommend maybe three quarters of your plate fruits and vegetables, one quarter lean protein or fatty fish. You know, you want to be eating you know fish maybe twice a week. You know, as well as lean cuts of meat and other things. You know, if you're someone who's a vegetarian, consider again making sure you're replacing some of those amino acids. And the vitamins you have in meat, and you're getting those via supplements, or you're getting the appropriate, appropriate amounts of, um, you know, plant-based protein to ensure you're placing those protein requirements, right? So again, um, just try to do what you can to, you know, make sure you're doing everything you can to reduce the risk of illness. And the best way to do that is by taking care of your body, eating well, and getting those regular workouts. And again, this is Dr. Barry, host of Health and Wealth Connection. If you have any questions, guys, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Of course, you can see us, you can find me on Instagram, at DrBarryMD. Also, you can check us out on our website, www.anchor.fm backslash hwconnection. There you can also find the podcast. And of course, don't forget to check us out on our TV station, TV channel, www.afrovibes.tv. And also, guys, big announcement as well. We have an app, you can actually download it now on your Apple iPhone or your Google Android. Check us out, go to the App Store or the Google Store, type in Afro Vibes TV, download the app, you can stream yours truly live, as well as our other shows and our 24 seven music content, guys. So thanks for kicking it with us on the Health and Wellness Connection TV show. Hope you got something from today's show. Stay healthy, stay blessed. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.